Hi, this is Restaurant Rick with the embarrassing tale of another lesson learned the hard way. Early in my career as a McDonald's franchisee in Kingston, Ontario, I had so little money that I had to appoint myself as the general manager. We began with a small team of inexperienced staff, most of them part-timers. My first hire for the position of management trainee was a cocky kid from Toronto who I had convinced to join me and grow into a management role. He turned out to be strong on the cockiness and weak on responsibility. After what I'll call an unacceptable error of omission, I fired him and took over his closing shift that night. I pushed on with the only tool I could think of, hard work and more hours. It was a shaky beginning, but I managed to find two impressive part-time hires who were studying at St. Lawrence College and another surefire A player who was also a student at Queen's University. We righted the ship and started to show strong sales growth. It seemed like the plan was working. Hard work and more hours were all we needed, right? Well, not exactly. It turns out I had an underlying issue that was masked by my tendency to control, well, just about everything. I rationalized this by thinking I was keeping my finger on the pulse of things, staying on top of it all. I was working 60 hours a week, sometimes up to a hundred. Two or three days a week I would take the opening shift at the restaurant, dart home at dinner time, and return to work until close. This made for 13-hour workdays. I was chronically sleep-deprived. Often when you're in this state, you're so foggy, you can't think of a way out except doubling down. Then a whole new test of stamina occurred. I was fortunate enough to be awarded a second McDonald's unit 55 miles away in Brockville, Ontario. Now I had to keep tabs on two restaurants. My weekly hours increased. Typically, 15 of those hours were spent driving. This was totally unproductive time. I drank coffee all day long to stay awake. One cold Canadian January month, I fell asleep and drove off the road. Twice. Fortunately, I ended up in the median both times and avoided dying in my twenties. I realized that things had to change. I was micromanaging and it sure wasn't working. I would often get angry with myself. My staff sensed it and were frightened whenever I swore or slammed my hand down on whatever was in my way. I decided to confide in my management team and let them know that I was giving up my overbearing style. I did the same with my floor managers and frontliners, meeting with them in small groups and asking them how I could help them feel more confident and positive about their job. I hired a part-time driver who had recently retired and was delighted to stay busy. He was available on short notice. Those unproductive hours became productive, allowing me to catch up on my phone calls, relax a bit, and do some of my best thinking. Talk about a bonus! I got more thoughtful in my hiring, too, by focusing on candidates who showed energy, self-motivation, and the all-important potential for growth. The biggest revelation I had was when I put more trust in my people, I got more trust back from them. Frankly, more than I deserved. This created what I think of as a virtuous circle. Success was breeding success. I learned that by discussing all aspects of our business openly, we all became more relaxed and unafraid. This inspired me to think of more ways to reinforce this rewarding behavior. 
One thought that occurred was to ask any and all of my people to avoid calling me boss. I had never liked that term. After that, when anyone asked if a particular person worked for me, I'd reply by saying that the person worked with me and that I worked with them. After that, any time someone called me boss, it was meant to be ironic. I realized that leading didn't necessarily place me at the front of the parade. Often I felt more like a cheerleader in the middle of the pack. It was so powerful that I made it a pillar of our restaurant and retail brand behavior, and it's a central theme of my restaurant consulting service and podcasts. Here are today's three takeaways. One, micromanaging is ultimately ineffective. By finding people who are sharp, eager to learn, and hungry to grow, you can achieve the best results by trusting them and listening, rather than trying to do their thinking for them and telling them what to do. Two, meet with your people, all of your people, regularly. These meetings can be planned or impromptu, large groups or one-on-one. When you see your collaborative process paying off, double down by asking for ideas on how we can do even better. And three, when your team produces a win and people are showering you with praise, tell them your team did it. When individuals or groups come up with a clever idea for an improvement, tell everybody and reward them in some material and symbolic way. If you've enjoyed this episode and think that I can help you build a program for greater trust with your team, contact me by typing restaurantrick at gmail.com. All lowercase, no spaces. Thank you for tuning in. Look for episode four next week when we unveil the characteristics of a great leader.